Welcome to Teach Out Loud Podcast, where we highlight all the amazing educators in our state and beyond that are making a difference every day for kids. Teach Out Loud is about bringing your passion and your best self to what you are doing every day. It's trying new things, sharing ideas, and being the best version of you. It's living life to the fullest, growing, and not being afraid to take those risks. Come on this journey with us and Teach Out Loud. I'm Travis Lape. And I'm Lisa Norris. And together we are on a journey to share and highlight amazing things happening in schools today. Welcome to another episode of Teach Out Loud. And Lisa, today we are going global <gasps> with Teach Out Loud. It's going to be so cool. I'm so excited. We're going across an ocean to meet an amazing educator. So for yes. our guests, let's, let's find a little more out about our guest today. Okay, so we're talking to Melanie Brink, and she was nominated by Shane Webbin, who was our very first Teach Out Loud guest, which is cool. She was. And Melanie is a native of Rapid City, South Dakota. She received her degree in vocal music education from none other than Augustana University. Yeah. Go Vikings. She earned her master's in educational leadership from Southwest Minnesota. Um, she began her career in Sioux Falls in the Catholic schools. And she taught there for seven years. She then moved to Sultanate of Oman 18 years ago to become a choral music program at the American International School of Muscat. I hope I'm saying that right. And she works, it's the other one known as Stingham. Okay. Melanie has been a guest conductor for several organizations, and she has served as the founder of the artistic director of the Tazem's Annual Festival of Choirs. She oversees the coordination. This woman has done amazing things. She oversees the coordination of the event and works closely each year with the each year's guest conductor from the United States. And over 2,500 students have participated in the Tazen Festival. The coolest line thing, though, is she says she prioritizes developing heart. And we're going to ask you about that, Melanie, because I love that statement. But good morning and welcome. Or good evening to you and welcome. And good evening from Oman. It's five o'clock after school, and I'm super excited to have uh, this time with you. Awesome. Melanie, just for our, our listeners, can you maybe share your why of getting into education? What inspired oh. you to jump in and, and become a teacher? Oh, gosh. It, what a question, right? It's so loaded. But <laughs> it really comes down to interacting with youth and having youth be a part of my each and every day. They keep me so inspired, they keep me motivated, they keep me challenged. Um, and I cannot imagine a better career than to spend each and every day with youth. And then also, as time has gone, it's spending time with my colleagues. Sure. That's a cool thing, I never thought about that, but yeah, it's true, I mean, we're with our colleagues and our kids more than sometimes our family during the week. We so. are, and you develop those relationships. And just hearing you talk, I'm going to ask you, what, what did you mean by prioritizing developing heart? I can just hear it in your, what you just said, but what do you mean by that, Melanie? Okay. So developing heart for me as an educator comes down to building and ensuring that there's a sense of belonging in my classroom and it starts from the moment they arrive and we really try to create an environment of belonging um, trust and compassion and so that kind of comes down to just the heart of of learning and being vulnerable i love that that is just oh that's amazing well and, and what's awesome about that lisa is that 
it's being applied in, a, in an area that can be so open-ended and, and bring out so many characteristics in, in kids that yes. maybe we don't always see in school. Right, right. And Melanie, do you kind of see that when, when, <laughs> when you think about that heart? Of like, are you seeing that that mindset pull something out of your kids differently? Well, I think when I see my students taking risks or those small moments of them believing in themselves or encouraging one another, that's where I see the action in place, the compassion in action, um, and them wanting the other student in the room to be successful, them wanting hmm. the other students to have clarity for their learning. And so when we prioritize the heart um, of learning <laughs> yeah. or of the heart of the person, really, um, that's where the learning can really begin. I love that. And thrive yeah. and thrive. Absolutely. Well, Melanie, transitioning a little bit then for our listeners, it, I'm sure everybody's sitting out there going, okay, we got to know a little more about why this educator went to the Middle East. Yeah, right. And what inspired your, you know, just to leave everything you knew to, to go that direction. And so for our listeners, really what, what transpired to make that, this, this move happen? We were teaching in Sioux Falls. My husband and I, we were very happy. In fact, I still consider Sioux Falls one of my heart homes. And, um, in South Dakota, but there was something kind of um, really challenging. And as we all know, the teacher pay in South Dakota can be brutal. What? Really? <laughs> you think? Um, uh, you just fought for 2%. Was, and I'm going to be really honest here. Um, it sounds very uh, greedy and it sounds kind of superficial, but it, it was very hard to live paycheck to paycheck. 18, 20 years ago, yeah. and um, having a second job and a third job and, and teaching all summer and my husband coaching year round. And we just were finding ourselves, you know, barely making ends meet. And we had this opportunity that was presented to us. And the, the original intention was to just try and get ahead of the game and get out of debt. Okay. That was in, in all honesty, that was the original driving force. And we agreed to go overseas for two years to just, you know, get a little bit ahead. Not even ahead, break even. <laughs> so well, and Melanie, if I can interject, there's a, there's a lot of listeners out there who are living exactly like you're just saying, paycheck to paycheck is a reality for so many people. It is. And we were two teachers. Right. Um, and we didn't have kids yet. And um, we were thinking, how are we ever going to make this happen for us? We want to have a home and we want to be able to pay for two cars. And honestly, that is, it, that is what was the driving force um, 18 years ago. Now, if you ask me why we're staying, that's another answer. Uh -huh. And through the years, the an that answer has evolved for many different reasons. Sure. So, so what is it like, like, if like the life down there or school, like if you would come, I'm compared to South Dakota, but just is how different is it and what, what different cool cultural things are you seeing out there? Yeah, well, you know, the day-to-day -day life is quite the same. We, we get up, we breakfast, have our coffee, we go to work, we teach all day. Um, we go to faculty meetings, we have parent-teacher conferences, 
we're communicating with our um, students via Google Classroom or we're doing online learning if, if they're sick or if there's um, a school cancellation for rain days. Um, Did you say for rain whatever. days? Yes, we have rain days. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's funny. I know. What does that mean? <laughs> I know. That means that there's no drainage system in place. Okay. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Wow. I know. And yeah. uh, so it, it's pretty great when it, they call a rain day, but it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> uh, but uh, it really is day to day. It's the same. Uh, it's very similar to what our lives were there, except we have a uh, a real amazing benefit package here overseas. Housing is provided for teachers. What? And yes, I know. Can you believe it? Nice. And, and uh, our health insurance is full coverage. It wow. is global health insurance. When I had my baby, um, my first child, it was an emergency C-section and it was 100% um, paid for. So, you know, those those day-to-day -day grinds that mm -hmm. uh, South Dakota teachers and teachers all over the, the world face, um, it, it took the, it lightened the load. Does that right, make well, sense? It totally could, makes sense. I'm sitting here thinking, maybe I need to move to the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> I can, uh, and not even just the Middle East, but international teaching in general can, it, it allowed me and my husband, my husband and myself to focus on the teaching and focus on our craft and our expertise. And another benefit that is part of our package is um, professional development. We, it is va deeply valued at our school and, and many, many schools I know. And it should be. Around the world, as it should be. And so when you know you have the time that is going to be provided to take off, to go to a conference, and you have the money every year that's going to be covering the registration fees or the flights or the hotel fees, that gives you that validation to want to get those continuing ed credits um, without the burden of, oh, how am I going to pay for it? How am I going to take time away from work? Um, because they're encouraging us to do it. That is so empowering. And, and, yes. empowering. and what does your husband do? What does he teach? He's a high school math teacher. Okay. And so Tazem, our school is early childhood, which is like preschool, three years old through 12th grade. And it's an American-based curriculum. And so we have like three divisions under one roof, an elementary program, middle school program, and high school. So Greg, my husband, teaches high school math, and I teach sixth through 12th grade choir. Wow. Melanie, so you know our system. Um, I do. It, Even though it, I've been gone a while, I, I, my friend, my dear friends are there, yeah. um, and I try to keep connected as much as possible. What would you say then on the professional side of things? Because I think we live in this bubble that we are always, especially in South Dakota. I mean, we're right now in the heart of the legislative session, fighting for a two percent increase, and that's just two percent. Um, <laughs> where, where do you feel the professionalism of education on a global perspective comes into play? Because I think in, in South Dakota, I think a lot of our teachers, especially in this March, this is, this is what we call kind of a doomsday month yes. because we're getting kind of beat up from the public of, oh, you get your summers off and you don't have to work this and yada, yada, yada. Stop complaining about your salary to 
other countries who really put a focus on education and that professionalism is something different. Is that, is that what you have felt across seas? Yes, and please don't get me wrong. Um, I have so much respect for the educators there and uh, the time and energy that everyone puts forth. Um, and I have so much um, uh, love <laughs> for all of you. Um, and, but honestly, what it comes down to is the, the budget is not driven by um, the needs. The needs are driven by the budget. And sure. so when you look at that, um, uh, it is this, the child, the students are, are the forefront and the needs of what is required of them, the basic learning needs of having um, a ratio of that's um, fair for a teacher to student ratio in the classroom or for teachers to have a, a sense of well-being and, and balance in their lives, to be able to be recharged when they come to work each morning, um, teachers that have time with their own families, teachers that have uh, encouragement to have professional development and growth at right. all times. And so really it's, it's that fostering the lifelong learning and um, that's, what's, that's what's different um, being in an international setting. What's coming to my mind is your word heart. I think <laughs> yeah. international schools are driven by heart, mm -hmm. you know, and that's where that's coming from is, is where I'm going to, is what's going in my brain, I guess. But yes, I'm going to continue Overall to wellness. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. I, I think of wellness and burnout with teachers and um, teachers that have to um, go home and still have another job at home or, uh, or, you know, or basically burning both ends just to make a living. And I think, um, that's where, uh, the heart is honored here because, uh, they know there's the compassion that's given back. It's a, it's, it's generated from both sides from, from the school board to the administration, to the parent community. There's such a deep level of respect um, across the board, and so when you get when you one finds himself in a setting, it's very hard to say, "Oh, I, I want to leave." <laughs> right, well, right, and that's that's really the hope of this podcast because Lisa and I are just on this journey of finding stories like this and sharing them with a bigger audience, so that there is hope. Because a lot of the a lot of our listeners and a lot of our guests so far that we've had on have been 25 plus years in education. Yep. And the one thing I always ask them, because I'm, I'm just- He's my, a baby. I'm in my infant <laughs> stages of education. But oh, like, I love it. But, but like, how, how did you make it 31 years in education in this environment? Because I'm only getting into year 10 and it's, it's hard. Like, you're exactly right. The, the weight-bearing walls, of so many things in our system just really provide that push of saying, you know what, you maybe just need to go do something different. And that's not what we're, mm -hmm. you know, what we're supposed to do, where I love what you said. It's, it makes it hard for you want to leave rather than it's easy to say, you know what, I need to just change for a profession. Sure. So thanks for sharing that. Well, and also, 
you know, the other thing is now I'm a mother and I want my children to be surrounded by educators who are full of energy and enthusiasm and, and that they feel well, that they don't feel the burden of, um, trying to pay their bills or being heard by legislator, um, uh, by the government. And, um, it's, it's really different when you're in a family of two educators, you know? Right. For sure. So you started to talk a little bit, I'm switching gears, Travis, you started talking a little bit about TASM and it was pre-K through 12, but I know that you're a guest conductor that you've had like 2,500 kids participate or like, I think it's called the Festival of Choirs. Can you talk a little bit about that? (laughs) Um, The director at our school who is like the superintendent, he's a former music educator. And so it, it really was a dream of ours um, about, you know, 18 years ago to create an opportunity for students here in this part of the world that students have all the time in the United States. You know, you hear of South Dakota Honor Choir or Show Choir competitions oh, or sure. you know, ACDA conferences and, or, um, you know, any type of uh, festival that they could go to. And so there was, it, it's like a desert. There was nothing here. Um, And so what we were trying to do was establish an opportunity for students from a variety of schools to come together and in a non-competitive format and create a course and work with a guest conductor. So it's really quite simple. It's nothing that I, you know, uh, invented myself. It it was a, (laughs) it was something that was working really well in the States that I wanted to bring to this part of the world. But I love that. I love that you did that though, because not everybody takes that initiative, you know, and now all these children are benefiting because of your dream and, and what you wanted to pursue. And it's, it's such a joy in my, in my career and also in my journey of each year planning and collaborating with conductors and other teachers from around the world that now they bring their students to, to our festival at TASM. And um, it, it's really a, a unique experience each year. So Melanie, maybe just share a, a favorite story or a favorite happening at the festival that really impacted maybe not only yourself, but maybe even the, the students that were in attendance um, mm-hmm. at one of the festivals. Okay, well, I one of my favorite moments was, it was the opening morning of rehearsals and a, the conductor was just leading warm-ups and, and getting everybody going and there was this girl that all of a sudden in the soprano section just kind of squealed with glee and joy. And she was, it, it really caught everybody off guard because it really interrupted the learning. And uh, the other uh, students just stopped. And it was this kind of sudden moment of shock. And she said, Tanya, Tanya. And everyone looked. And a girl from the other side of the choir looked at her and said, Sarah, is that you? No way. And these two girls that were in international schools had gone to elementary school together. And the last time they saw each other was in third grade in Vienna, Austria. Oh my God, I have goosebumps right now. Yes. Holy cow. And they had, they had gone to school together 
you know, just for a few years and then they had moved on. And one of the girls was going to school at our school and then another student was going to school in um, Addis Ababa in Ethiopia. And so it was just this small world moment that these types of things happen all the time in international schools in our communities where there are these little small world moments or, or we're going through the um, Amsterdam airport and we see former students that have been at TASM like eight years ago. And <laughs> it, it's those moments that make you feel so connected to anyone who's ever been in your classroom. Yeah. It sounds like something yeah. from a movie. I mean, seriously, I can see it right now. A Walt Disney production, right? I love it. Yes. So yeah, everyone, and then the choir sang in the background harmonies, and so the birds are flying overhead. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to have little birds, little birds. Yes, yes. Melanie. In fact, the, um, you know, the, going back to colleagues and friends and family, you know, being overseas, we deeply miss our friends and family. Sure. And, um, thank goodness for um, social media and Skype and right. You know, it's it's changed so much through the years. But when you are when when we are so far removed from our family and friends, the the people that we work with really become our um, our our colleagues become our extended family and friends. Oh, for and sure. So we have this funny saying that we're fram leagues. Because uh, we're friends, family, and colleagues, so there are families. Um, <laughs> so it's a really close community. I like that word. That's a good word. <laughs> it can be anywhere. It doesn't have to just be overseas. <laughs> no, but it's so true. You, like Travis has said, you spend so much time with these people. But you know, anytime somebody here in our community is hurting, has an illness, we always rally around. Everybody's got shirts exactly. for supporting someone with cancer. Everybody's do. helping. You know, you're just going to do it with these people because you do love them and they are a part of your world every day. So, yes. And also we celebrate each other when people, you know, I know that Amanda Harris just received this South Dakota Teacher of the Year. She's one yep. of my former students. And, um, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. Back up. Seriously. Like, Amanda, Amanda's a really good friend of mine. We taught together um, in my elementary school and we call each other our person because we bounce ideas on each other all the time. But I had no idea. So where did we, where was she your student? I'm then? not kidding you. She was my student at O'Gorman, actually at St. Mary's and O'Gorman Junior High and O'Gorman High School when I was there. And it doesn't surprise me one bit that she has that award given to her. Oh, that is so cool. Look at another connection. Just small world. <laughs> well, not okay. And then I, we knew. I also taught Shane. Right, and see, Shane is freaking amazing. He is so talented, and his voice is off the charts. You'll have to I only got to teach him for one year, his senior year, um, but I knew that he had a very um, huge heart and a desire to help others um, from the get-go of working with him as a senior in high school. And so when I hear of his success stories in education, it just makes me so, just swell with joy for him. Aww. Well, Melanie, this has been an incredible episode uh, for our listeners to really hear from somebody who has lived in their shoes in the States, has, has lived with the challenges that our education structure and system provide. But also I think maybe if our listeners are 
open to listening with an open ear and open mind, there is hope. Um, there are countries and there are systems of education around the world doing incredible things for educators in the profession, honoring them for who they are. Uh, we've heard those stories today from you. Uh, we've, we've heard the incredible things that you're doing um, overseas to bring music and choral to the masses uh, through the, the TASM program of, at your school as well as your, your global music festival. So I think to wrap up the show would be great for you to share a shout out for our listeners, mm -hmm. that encouragement piece that, that gets them through the rest of the year and maybe motivates them this summer to say, you know what, we can do something, we can make a change, or I can, I can look at this as an opportunity. What would that shout out be? Oh, thank you for this invitation and thank you for your time. I'm, I'm truly honored to spend time with you today. Um, I would love to at any time answer anyone's question, um, just reach out to me, um, email me. Um, I think just the pinch me moments of being a teacher, just keep, keep that going because each and every day when, when we have students walking in our room and you make eye contact with them or you see them make a connection with the material that you're teaching or a a question that they're curious about, or something that they need more attention on. I, f I feel like that's a pinch me moment. It's like, I get to work with this child in this moment and to be present and mindful of the honor that that brings each and every day. And when we are feeling stressed and when we are feeling just pulled in every single direction, no matter where we live, no matter how, where we are in our career, if we're new or if we're, we've been teaching for 26 years or whatever, um, we rise by lifting others. That's my favorite quote um, by Robert Ingersoll. Um, if we're feeling down, go, go next door to the teacher and, and lift them up in some way. Um, walk around the building and get inspired by what your colleagues are doing in their classrooms. Um, so I hope that helps. Are you kidding me? That was one of the best shout outs that we've had. Travis and I are smiling and shaking our heads and like, oh, this is so good. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being on our show. I'm going to say in Arabic, thank you, okay? Okay. It's shukran. Shukran. Thank you. Thank you. And Melanie, until next time, we hope you and all of our listeners will teach out loud. <laughs>